everyone, this is Dallin Wortham, host of the Charter School Connection podcast. I'm really excited for today's guest um, because he's joining us actually from out of the country, um, internationally from Switzerland, and we're going to be um, interviewing and learning from a general manager over at Constructor. They are based over in Zurich, Switzerland, but they have bases elsewhere, and so I'll let him kind of dive into that. But before we get started, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Enrolio. Enrolio is a free enrollment lottery software that helps charter schools push their applicants through their enrollment funnel and into their school, kind of like butter, just sliding into their enrollment funnel and then sending out automated emails and texts to make sure that they show up on the first day of school. So go ahead and check out Enrolio. You can learn more about Enrolio by going to enroll.io. So that's the letter N, then roll, so enroll.io. Without further ado, let's go ahead and welcome Christian. Christian, thanks for hopping on the show. Well, thanks for having me, Dallin. So you're visiting us from Switzerland, and we were talking a little bit before. You speak three languages, English, French, German, correct? Yes, I do. And some Spanish, but I will not test that. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. I think that's amazing. And I think it's so cool that um, I'm able to speak with someone over in Switzerland right now, me being over here in the United States. But I'm excited because I met your um teammate pierre at the national charter school convention in austin texas this year and after speaking with him i was i just learned so much from him i really enjoyed the connection that i made and me and him have hopped on multiple zoom calls since to learn more about constructor and what your company does for schools over in europe and what you're offering to schools here in the united states so if you could just kind of dive into a little bit about how do constructors start? What's the history of constructor and what do you do? Right. So, I mean, thanks very much again for, for having me on the show. Um, the history starts about 15 years ago. So, you know, by trade, actually, I'm a computer scientist. So relatively unlikely to be on a show like yours. Uh, <laughs> but as a computer scientist, um, I had a, a professor and his son was dyslexic. And um that was our very private or personal motivation to start this project that turned into learning applications for kids with learning difficulties such as dyslexia and dyscalculia. And us as computer scientists, you know, we saw Adrian is his name. We saw him struggling. They tried different therapies with the parents without. They sent him to one-on-one -on -one intervention. They got some support from school. But it was just a struggle with his dyslexia. And then we thought, you know, how could we help as computer scientists and, and came up with that very first version of an application that, that still exists called Grafari Orthograph. Um, and then later joint neuropsychologists from the University of Zurich here um, realized in scientific studies that it's really a big difference for the kids. They can really advance a lot and improve their writing significantly. So, you know, it all evolved from a research project into a application that's been used by more than 100,000 uh, kids so wow. far. But that's the background, very private motivation as a computer scientist. Well, I think that's awesome because I feel like in the world of education, it's it's a space that needs talents from all sorts of backgrounds. And the fact that you were able to find a problem and use your passion and your skills of computer science to be able to develop a program to help children, like yeah. there's there's nothing more meaningful, nothing more impactful 
more fulfilling than that being able to help children with what you've been yeah, I, I, I agree I mean I was just lucky I somehow stumbled upon the project you know through my professor but I'm really grateful I was able to do that and as I said it's been more than 15 years now and wow. I still really like doing it very cool so was that your first um, start in the world of education or did you work in the world of education before creating that program no, that was really my my start. I mean, I have a family full of educators. So my mother's being a kindergarten teacher. My brother's a primary elementary school teacher. Half of my uncles are teachers and, and on. So, I mean, I have a educational family background, but it was my own first venture into education. Wow. And so if this was your first um, venture and it was very successful and it's been around for over 15 years and hundreds of thousands of students have used your applications mm -hmm. how do you go about building an application for like a student with dyslexia for example how how do you even go about doing that and how do you make it fun and how do you know what they need and please kind of teach us a little bit about that process that's so interesting right so i mean in that example it was really you know observing adrian um that boy um the different things he tried as interventions visiting many many conferences reading upon the newest developments and the newest um research that was available back then um and then we decided you know the phonological awareness or the phonological deficit was probably the one that would proven or would be shown to be like the core deficit that was not so clear like 20 or 15 years ago um but we picked that and then we really thought about you know what's the problem it's a problem of matching the spoken language to the written language and what kind of computer science theories are there that describe such matchings or that kind of describe how you get from one point of an imagination to the other one or from one channel to another one. So we really thought what comparable models are there in, in computer science that could model such a transfer from script to spoken language and, and vice versa, uh, and figured out that information theory would be uh, you know, suitable um, comparison and, and built the project on, on that, on an existing computer science a theory that we thought would be applicable to to all that we had learned uh, around Adrian. Wow. There's a couple of things that's stuck out to me as you were speaking. The first thing is you said that you were just trying to help Adrian. You were just trying to help one boy, one student, which I think is amazing because in the world of marketing, the world of, um, I guess, my passion and my field of my my professional field is lot, oftentimes we make the mistake of trying to focus on getting hundreds of thousands of people and we focus on quantity when in all reality it's much more powerful to focus on just one how can i get one new student how can i help one person how can i get one new client and when you just focus on one you think of the personal touches that you can add you think about what problems does this one person have? You're not trying to solve the world's problems. You're just trying to solve one problem. And by getting really good at solving that one problem, getting right. that one new student, that one new client, helping that one dyslexic child learn, most of the time you can kind of then expand and a lot of the same problems that you solved with the one can be adapted to the many 
And so that's a better starting ground. So I really like how you started with just one student. Yes, I agree. Making um, a difference is for one student is, is the first step. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. And so how did you go from helping one student to making this, making an application that has now helped hundreds of thousands of students? How, how did you expand the platform to be able to service more people? Right. I mean, it has two avenues or had two avenues. So um, the first avenue that we followed was later that we also looked at the second most prominent learning difficulty, which is called dyscalculia. Some people call it dyslexia with math. So very similarly, you look at the child and you think, well, it's a well-performing child, you know, no difficulties in expressing himself or herself, doing generally well, you know, whatever, being eloquent, everything works fine, but math is just one big riddle for that child. Like, you know, reading and writing is a big riddle for kids with dyslexia. And then, so we, we looked at um, what research was there in that um, dyscalculia field, the learning difficulty with math field, and really made a second application in that kind of orthogonal, but still similar um, field that, that, that's causing problems for kids when learning. So one was like an expansion of, of um, the fields that we address. And then the second question for us really was, how do we get the therapist or interventionist or special education needs teacher on board? You know, because it should not, the, the kid cannot just learn in isolation. Um, mm -hmm. And in particularly also multipliers. Yes, parents can, of course, recommend um, other parents uh, in, in many cases, you know, good tools. But teachers and interventionists are more like replicating it once they start using it just by having more kids and, and also having um or, or supporting more children. So the, the second avenue was providing an application that would allow um, educators to include our applications in their intervention. Wow, that, that's amazing. And, and how were you able to get into the classrooms? How did you go from just this platform for one student and, and kind of make connections with schools and therapists and teachers? How did you jump that gap? Well, we on the one hand, we were fortunate that we got, uh, because of my alma mater, which is, you know, where we founded the company and which is good, a good reputation is one of the 10 best universities in the world, um, right after the big American universities. Uh, we got, got PR, we got newspapers interested, uh, local newspapers, but also national ones who actually reported on us. Um, and even a small TV show that um, interviewed me um, cool. for, for this so that was really on the one hand that was a good head start with you know you would probably call it PR if you build up an, uh, an, an enterprise or a company so that was one thing and the other thing really was you know knocking on doors and going to small teacher conventions small trade shows um, but also really you know bringing up people and asking them what do you do as, as intervention otherwise would there be an angle did you ever consider using digital tools um, to also multiply the times, et cetera? So really, the, the second part was really going uh, one by one. Mm -hmm. Wow. I think that's awesome. And so could you tell me the name of the TV show and the name of your university so that I can include them in the show notes? Right. Sure. So the TV show at that time was called Einstein. Okay. Um, Einstein. The German name, so it's a it was a Swiss German TV show Einstein, and um, my alma mater is the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology, um, or also called ETH in its German um, name, which also happens to be um, Einstein's original university. Wow, 
Awesome. I'm just taking these notes so I can include them in the show notes so that people can go check them out. I'll even look for the episode where they were interviewing you, if possible, on YouTube or something. Do you know if there's a link to like a uh, YouTube video of it? We have videos of it. I probably send you off as an interview afterwards. Cool. Yes. That'd be that'd be so fun to listen to, even if it's in German and or French. <laughs> that'd be fun to listen to. But that's great. Well, very very cool. And I love how you said after that, it was just one by one teacher conventions knocking on doors, because oftentimes I feel like charter school administrators or entrepreneurs, we're always looking for like that big break to go viral, or we're looking for that silver bullet, the answer to all of our problems, where we just, we do this one thing and then we get thousands of students or thousands of new clients. And that's not really the case most of the time most of the time it's one by one personal connection so i think that's great it is and you know i mean i talk to many marketeers also and for example you also we should think about online marketing and, and hoping to get viral for example i mean they tell you either you're extremely lucky to find <laughs> something viral or extremely rich to finance. <laughs> you know, these are the two ways to have success in, in online viral marketing. A lot of luck, a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I completely agree. So I think you guys are going about it really, really well and in, a, in an organic way. So I guess, when did you realize that what you had made was working and it was a success? Because it's not easy to create a platform that is just 100% great and working and and you should push it. So at what point did you go, Hey, I think we actually have something. Right. Right. So, um, you know, to go back to the origins, um, I made my master's project on the software and afterwards you said, okay, um, I think we should do a, a user study with it to realize whether it's going to be a success or not, or whether it's actually helpful for kids or not. And we sat down and said, if this study is going to be not worth it or not showing any effectiveness, then that was the end of the project, you know. Mm-hmm. And if the results would have been, okay, yeah, maybe there's hope, <laughs> but mm-hmm. not like really exaggerate, uh, great, I might have done a, a PhD on it. Uh, and in this last case that we had, uh, we really showed like a third of, of um, error reduction after only three months, we really immediately knew that was worth pursuing. Mm-hmm. So really, it was that proof of concept um, with neuropsychologists here in Zurich. Um, with a st- study that we did with uh, the, the whole shebang with pre and post tests and dyslexia diagnosis for all participants again, etc. Where we could really show this this significant increase in in um, spelling abilities that then we knew. Well, you still have to go to the market, etc. But we knew it was helping kids, and it had the potential to be really be, be a great uh, game changer for for some of them. That's so cool. I think that principle applies with charter schools as well. Like if I wanted to try to start a charter school or start a business or start a, a software like you did, it's trying to solve a problem and and bring good into the world rather than creating a, something with the idea of selling it and making money. Because when that's the case, you will push the software or push your school onto people so that you can make money. And when you do that, you're going to 
not have as much success in actually helping children, helping students. But when you come with the mindset of, I just want to help, and then it starts to help people, and then it becomes a business. When the business side of things happen after the impact side of things, it it's just going to be so much better for everyone involved. Absolutely. And if you have the impact, that will also trigger word of mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what long term is, is more sustainable than any initial push or any initial rush to to make money. The word of mouth is really the most sustainable uh, thing that you have. You know, we, we see this here, um, teachers who, you know, sometimes change schools. They come to a new school and want to introduce our applications also at the new schools. Um, parents that have a second child uh, that would also use the software because they were successful with the first child. So this kind of word of mouth is um, way more sustainable than than an initial push for the for the quick money. Uh, I love that. And whenever I ask charter school administrators, like how how do most of your parents and students find you? They say word of mouth, word of mouth, word of mouth. Yeah. And oftentimes I feel like we just kind of like discard that. Like yeah. Yeah, we know that's popular, but other than word of mouth, like is it Facebook ads, is it Google, is it a billboard? But we shouldn't just discard word of mouth. Word of mouth is super important. And why are parents and students talking about you? Why is that your leading form of marketing? What are they saying? Why do they love it? Why are they sharing it with their friends? Because when you figure out why people really love your product, you're then able to, you know, make a, a bigger impact and expound upon what the, what is being said. So Absolutely. And, I, and I, I read this, thanks, this uh, for, for all those insights. So, and yeah, I was going to say, I read the survey the other day. Um, don't forget, don't, you know, nail me down on the numbers, but it was something like, you know, only 24% of educators and also parents believe the claims made by organizations on their websites, only like 24%. Whoa. 7% believe in recommendations by other parents or other educators. So really, you can't push your message more than, than others can relate for you. That's fantastic. There's a, a quote in a book called This is Marketing. I actually don't have it here on the shelf. It used to be here on the shelf, but I guess it got moved by Seth Godin, and he has a quote that says, what you say about yourself isn't nearly as important as what other people are saying about you. So, well, that's fantastic. And when I spoke with Pierre, your teammate at the conference, he said that um, Constructor is looking to potentially come into the U.S. market and into North America. Is that the case? Yeah, absolutely. That's the case. So we already... Um, produced um, English versions um, for the for the American market, and actually just added a Spanish version also that was maybe back in July, but just like two months ago, we also added a Spanish version, so you could also do um, all the exercises in Spanish um, and English. Wow. And we do that for both applications, so both for the spelling application as well as for the uh, math applications. They're both available in both languages. That's amazing. And so if I'm a charter school administrator and I want to help and serve my students that might be struggling with dyslexia or with math or with a number of other problems, or maybe I'm a school that's 100% focused on dyslexia. There's a lot of charter schools that are focused on that. How How would I find out if Constructor is a good fit for my school? 
Well, I mean, on the, on the one hand, we just offer to like, you know, take you through um, the applications, give you a quick demo of maybe half an hour. Um, we would do that with um, educational experts on our team that could also advise you on your specific settings. I mean, generally, you know, you, you, need, you need the necessary devices, uh, the, just the, the equipment. So actually kind of the technical um, infrastructure has to be there for, for kids to use it. And otherwise, um, you know, you should be able to organize that they can use it three to four times a week in, in your you know normal schedule. And if you can already satisfy these two things, you will have a very good chance of them succeeding. If you know it only fits into our schedule once a week, uh, then you don't get the intensity that the, that the brain needs to realize how important it is. But if you can organize enough time slots, maybe also in um, after school classes or maybe once a week as homework, um, and you can expose the kids to three to four times per week of these 20 minute sessions, you have already quite a good chance of succeeding. I love that. And so I guess if I'm a charter school administrator and I want to do the demo and I want to learn more, is it just as easy as going to your website? Yes. And then we have a forum and uh, you can just connect there. Um, or I'm sure you will also share my 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 contact information after this on the, yep. on the show. Um, you can also write an email to me. Um, you will have the address and uh, we just reach out to you. So that's that's easy. Perfect. Yeah, I will make sure to include your website and your contact information in the show notes. Um, to wrap up, I would like to know just what happened with Adrian. What was, what ended up, um, what's their story? Were they able to kind of overcome their their difficulties yes. reading and yeah. learning? At the, very first, at the very first moment, it was really hard. We were kind of too late with the uh, first version of the software. And he really almost um, quit school because he was so frustrated. But in the end, he really overcame his difficulties. He, by now, is a software developer and wow. mastered his life successfully. Oh, that's fantastic. That's a great story. Well, very, very cool. Well, yeah, Christian, really cool. is there anything else that you'd like to share? Any um, quotes, stories, books, ideas, insights? Um, anything that you would like to share before we wrap up? Well, I mean, maybe one of those stories um, that's really dear to my heart is, you know, we made this user study, I think, back in 2005. Yeah. Um, and the kids were like 10 years of age. And um, 12 years later, my professor was um, giving one of his lectures, you know, and after the lecture, one of the girls strolled up to him and told him, you know, Mr. Gross, I have to tell you something. Um, I'm studying here because 12 years ago, I was part of that very first study group uh, that started with the software. And it motivated me um, on the one hand, of course, to get through school, but also to study computer science in the end. Um, because I saw how how help, uh, how helpful um, computer science can be. Uh, it was to myself, and maybe I can also replicate and be helpful for others in the future being a computer scientist. So that was really a very cool, cool story that the kids really also realized themselves how big their their gains can be from from practicing. That's amazing. That's awesome. that that must be better than any sort of monetary or yeah. business success just being able to see the impact that your work has done yes and i think that's anybody in education i think that's really the biggest satisfaction um yeah 
Well, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being on the Charter School Connection podcast. We've really enjoyed the insights that you've brought. And it's been very fun uh, interviewing someone from a completely different country. So <laughs> thank you. It was also really fun talking to you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thanks. Have a good time.